You reckon Haley? Y'all ought to do that again sometime. I think Haley was real excited about it. First Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to be tonight. First Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to try not to hold you too long uh, because of the homemade ice cream. And you'll notice the text tonight has the word milk in it, and milk's in ice cream. And I don't know if my mind was just there when, we, when I was uh, preparing all this, but uh, that's where we'll be. We're going to be talking about growing our faith. We talked about uh, identifying genuine faith this morning and how Jesus uh, identified in that crowd that their faith uh, wasn't genuine. And, uh, but tonight we're going to be talking about growing our faith. And you know, some folks are good at growing things. Uh, I know some of you are good at growing plants, whether that's vegetables or flowers or, or something like that. Some of you are good at growing uh, your, your cattle, your, your herds. Folks like Tim know all about growing trees. And I don't know a lot about growing trees or anything about like that. I'm really good at growing bahia grass in my front yard. That is probably the best crop that I have, and uh, it grows really good. You know, Congress really good at growing the deficit. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, you know, different people are good at growing different things. And, uh, but as we think about God's creation and all the things around us, you know, God's creation it was made to grow. All the living organisms that God created were made to grow, but we know that, that not, really nothing he created just grows. It has to have the proper nourishment. It has to, you have to ensure that uh, things that harm those living organisms are not present. For instance, you got your garden, uh, you may want to fertilize it, but you don't want to spray Roundup on it, right? So that's the kind of thing we're talking about. But this morning we talked about uh, determining our genuine faith, and tonight, we're going to look at the fact that our faith is not supposed to remain stagnant. Our faith is supposed to grow. So how do we grow our faith? What does that look like? We're going to look at that uh, here in 1 Peter chapter 2. But, you know, uh, why do we want our faith to grow? Why do we want a bigger faith? You say, hey, look, I got enough faith to know I'm saved. Isn't that all I need? I got enough to get me to heaven. By grace, I'm saved through faith. Isn't that good enough? Well, I mean, if that's all you want, that would be good enough. But see, that's not what God intended. If we were to look over uh, in James chapter 1, verse 3, he says the testing of our faith produces patience. That word testing can also mean strengthening. So the strengthening of our faith produces patience. That word patience can also mean endurance. So as our faith grows stronger, we're able to endure more and more of what the world throws at us. So, yeah, you need genuine faith for salvation, to get to heaven. But we need to grow our faith to help us endure more and more of what the world throws at us every day. Read with me in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. He says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. I thank you for the instruction of your word and that uh, if we have questions about anything in life, we can go to your word. And I thank you that you tell us uh, how we ought to live. You give us those instructions. And I pray that tonight uh, you would teach us and help us <clears throat> to be able to find a way, your way to grow our faith so that we can uh, leave here more confident than ever 
uh, that we'll be able to live the life you want us to live in the way you want us to do it. Be with us the remainder of the night. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as I was looking at this text, getting ready, the very first thing that popped off, uh, it popped into my mind as it popped off the page, is that our faith grows the same way our faith originates. It really does. Our faith grows the same way it originates. If you remember this morning, uh, I mentioned Romans chapter 10, verse 17. that tells us where our faith comes from. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Our faith originates right here from the Word of God, the complete inspired revelation of God to us This is where our faith originates. As we read and as we study these pages, we get our faith. And in verse 2, it says that we desire the pure milk of what? The Word, so that we can grow thereby. Our faith grows the same way it originates. So what do we need to know about all of this night and growing our faith? The first thing I want you to see there, uh, we're going to be in verse 2. We're going to back up and get verse 1 in a minute. We're going to go backwards on this. But the first thing he says is we ought to desire. We ought to desire the Word of God. He describes it as the pure milk of the Word, but we ought to desire it. He says we ought to long for it the way a baby longs for and desires milk. If you've ever been uh, around a hungry baby, I know most of you have. There may be a few hungry children over here tonight, you know? Uh, and, you know I think, well, it doesn't matter how old we get. We can get hangry or we can... We can whine when we're hungry, right? But babies will let you know when they're hungry. And uh, there's nothing else that's going to satisfy them except that milk, except that nourishment. They leave no room for doubt about what's wrong. He says that's the way we ought to desire the Word of God. There's nothing else that'll satisfy us. Somebody could coddle us. Oh, that might quiet us down for just a minute. Somebody might give us a little toy to play with, give us something to do for just a minute. But no, we're not really going to be satisfied until we're full. He says we ought to be filled with the Word of God. Nothing else is really going to satisfy. Another illustration, another metaphor in the Bible comes from uh, the 42nd Psalm, verse 1, where David says, As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O oh Lord, we picture a deer that's uh, running through the woods. Maybe something's chasing it. I don't know. It's tired. It's thirsty. And it's l- just longing for the water brook. If it could just get a drink, it would be satisfied. And according to the Greek scholar William Barclay, that Hebrew word translated pants, as the deer pants or the water, has the exact same meaning as the Greek word translated desire. That's the way we ought to be with the Word of God. As we go through life and we're run down and we're ragged and we're worn by the troubles of life, there ought to be nothing else that would satisfy us except the Word of God. That is the attitude we ought to have towards Scripture. Those who are truly saved, those who have truly come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, ought to have a strong desire for the Word of God. But he's uh, very specific about exactly what we ought to desire. You say, well, I already know. You said it's the Scripture, the pure milk of the Word. I want to get into that a little deeper because I think it's important that we say what it's not. The Greek word translated pure here 
uh, can also be uh, translated unadulterated. I'm not going to try to pronounce the Greek word because I don't do that. But Peter was writing to people who understood agricultural terms. And the agricultural term here, uh, or the agricultural illustration with this word that's translated pure or unadulterated, uh, is a technical term to describe corn. That's, that's it's run through the process, it's free, of, it's free of the chaff, it's free of, uh, of any dust, it's free of any harmful matter, it's free of anything useless to where you have nothing but just the pure corn left over. There's no debris, nothing else. That's what we're talking about. That's what he says we ought to desire when it comes to the word of God. And you say, well, but how could this not be pure? Well, here's what I think about. I love to listen to good preaching. I listen to three or four preachers almost every day on the Apple podcast. And you probably figure out who a couple of them are because I quote them all the time. Okay, Adrian Rogers, Tony Evans, those guys. And I'm listening to them preach, and they say something. I think, that's good. I hit pause. And then I open up this note I have on my phone, and I type out exactly what they said. And then when I'm preaching, sometimes I say, wait a minute, I remember Adrian Rogers said something about this. And I go back through, and I find that little quote, and I use it in a sermon. You know, I love to listen to good preaching. You know, and you, you think about, uh, the, like, these guys that I listen to every day, these are highly respected men. These are very well-educated men. But here's the thing. Whether we're talking about them or whether we're talking about Brother Eric or whether we're talking about me, we're men. We are not perfect. We, may tr we, tr we try in every way we can to present the Word of God as pure as we can, but it is coming through an impure vessel. I'm a sinner, saved by grace, and I do the best I can, but I can't be perfect whether I'm standing here or somewhere else. So if all the Bible I ever got, thinking back about me listening to these other preachers, if all the Bible study I ever got was what I got from listening to Adrian Rogers and Tony Evans, well, I'd get some good stuff. But I'd never get the pure milk of the Word. If all the Bible you ever get is what you get sitting in that pew listening to us preach, hey, Brother Eric's preaching, you're going to get some good preaching. You're going to get some good, you come to adult Bible study, as Tim says all the time, best Bible study you'll ever get is Brother Eric's Wednesday night adult Bible study. You'll never get the completely, 100% pure milk of the word. How do you get it? You have to pick this up, open it, and read it. You and God together reading this. This is the pure milk of the word. This sermon is not the pure milk of the word. This is the pure milk of the word. Completely without blemish. And you say, well... I don't understand it. Keep reading it. But I don't understand it. Pray about it. Jesus said he's sending the Holy Spirit to help us. Pray about it and keep reading it. And the more you read, I can promise you, the more you'll understand. Keep reading it. This is the pure milk of the word right here. We need to desire it more than anything else. We need to desire it like a baby desires milk. This right here is like miracle grow to a flower when it comes to growing 
our faith. We've got to desire the pure milk of the word. Second thing, let's back up to verse one, and I'll be finished, and we can eat ice cream. I don't know if there's any pure milk in the ice cream, but mine had some heavy whipping cream, but we'll get back to that in a minute. That's not important right now. Verse one. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, evil, and evil speaking. See, you've got to do that before the pure milk of the word can get in. Those things are like Roundup on your garden as far as your faith is concerned. He says you've got to get rid of those things because those are like the weeds. Those will choke out the good stuff. What's he talk about there? He says malice. Well, that's just general evil. That's wickedness. That's hostility in your life. Deceit. You know what that is. That's trickery. Hypocrisy, acting like you're something you're really not. Envy, that's jealousy, evil speaking. Any number of things. It could be slander, defamation of character, trash talking somebody, so to speak. It could be gossiping about somebody. Ooh, don't we like gossip? As long as it's not about us, you know, they better not be talking about me. But we love the gossip. He says you got to get rid of those things because those things are the weeds that will choke out your spiritual growth, that will keep your faith from growing. And you say, well, how do I get rid of those things? He says, lay them aside. Now, you might think, well, that's just, that sounds very casual. I'm going to take, I could take this jacket off. I could walk over here and just casually lay it over the banister. That's not what this means. This is kind of like, you ever watch somebody? Now, it doesn't matter how dignified a person's trying to be, okay? Doesn't matter how dignified, I've seen this happen in cemeteries, where people are trying to be solemn and dignified, then they realize they're standing in fire ants. You ever seen somebody casually try to get fire ants off their leg? No, they're brushing as hard and as fast as they can. They're getting people over there to help them, and they're brushing their leg off. You know, you've done that in the front yard. It happened anywhere. Nobody just casually lays aside fire ants. That's the same kind of energy he's talking about getting rid of all this other stuff. You treat malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and evil, evil speaking, you, you treat all that like it's fire ants crawling up your leg and you get it off of there as fast as you possibly can. Because it's that dangerous to growing our faith. We ought to want to do everything we can to grow spiritually. To grow our faith, because to paraphrase, to paraphrase James 1.3 that I started off with, you know, the stronger our faith, the more we'll be able to endure. And I don't want to be a downer, but things aren't getting any better. And we need all the help we can to endure. He's willing to help us. He's willing to help grow our faith. If we'll really work to ingest the pure milk of the word so that we can grow thereby. Anything else before we move on in the service? Brother Eric?